0: Hey, Sergey, welcome back.
1: Uh, good morning, Adam. Thanks for inviting me again.
0: Yeah, sure. Uh, it, it had to, because today I have also not, not a question about your computer, rather than uh, what interests <laughs> me, how jax happened. Because what I remember back then, it was like, uh, you know, everything was about soap and servlets, and then somehow jax happened and was, you know, even the most popular, one of the most popular specifications of Java. E. Do you remember the early days, how the idea was born for Jack res
1: I think the idea was born by uh, the guys from uh, Sun Microsystems, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I think Paul Santos, as far as I recall, who was um, just driving the initial implementation and was totally revolutionary, right? Mm-hmm. And the um, Jersey, early Jersey versions, they really, I think, they've blown everyone up. And, we, and I thought um, that's how it was born, and uh, there were other thoughts happening around uh, at the time. Mm. Right, So, that's specifically about uh, RPC being not the best protocol for scaling up. Right? Mm. And uh, I thought the whole concept of uh, writing software such that it can reach the scalability level of web, which is what drove invention of Jaxrs
0: oh so so the, the the main driver was not uh, I don't know uh, like uh, having something a, a nice rest apis more the motivation was scalability for Jaxrs uh,
1: this is that, this is my own interpretation of that like I mean just just uh, having an API uh, wouldn't solve the, the the wouldn't get us closer to reaching the web level of scalability. Right? I thought people were concerned, what happens when you have thousands of uh, clients talking to thousands of servers, and what happens when someone uh, changes a signature in the method, and uh, should we have to rede- redeploy everything, uh, like just because of things like that. And on the web, uh, it was just like from the get-go, just reading un- unrecognized tags, are not uh, causing the browser to fail, like uh, so. The, the things were backward and forward compatibility from the early days. So you just mm-hmm. you deploy a new version of the server; and the older browser still consumes it, or mm-hmm. new, newer browser can still consume old uh, mm-hmm. servers, which is the forward compatibility, and it was just working there from the very early days. So,
0: like, at a, this is, we're talking about the tolerant reader pattern, right? Like, you know, provide yeah. quality, expect crap, so.
1: <laughs> yeah, but also the flexibility of the API so that the, the, the browser way of doing things like you're going through the application states by following hyperlinks. And uh, and I think people wanted to create API which would allow people
0: mm-hmm.
1: to do things flexibly, like, move um, to the next path or don't just create a object and do call and it's done you know they mm-hmm. just they wanted this flexibility and uh, um, for what I was even though like you can't do what you can do in the browser and the Java code mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it was still driving this kind of idea of um, mm-hmm. creating a flexible um, API and for Java users to appreciate yeah.
0: what it's about, you know. so the, the scalability is more in terms of you know, um, how to call it backward and upward scalability that we can tolerate, you know, so we can move create bigger apps without you know, uh, Backing how to call things. it breaking clients exactly or the break, breaking communication partners. So this was this was the idea. And you said that the jersey, um, so was the jersey first, so had jersey, you know, protocol first and then JaxRS came,
1: uh. uh I don't actually recall precisely the sequence of events. I think uh, I think uh, uh, it might have been that Jersey provided the very first uh, kind of proof of concept. Mm-hmm. And then, I think, uh, Paul and others from Sun uh, just started opening uh, the specification process and trying to formalize it. Or it might have been uh, the other way around. But to me, it seems like it was actually Jersey just came up with the proof of concept and uh, people were just totally excited and uh, they started formalizing it, mm-hmm. the specification text. That's okay. my my recollection of it, though it might be not quite. Okay. Present.
0: And how early you joined the Jaxorus spec? Uh,
1: well, uh, so, the, the first of all, I wanted to implement it myself, of course. Mm-hmm. Even though we had some uh, obvious tension uh, at the time that, look, you just have to use Uh, Jesse already has, uh, but we already started, uh, uh, like Dan and Dan Kalp and others from Iona, they already had Apache CXF Software Foundation project uh, uh, activity going, and Apache CXF in particular. And uh, uh, it was only about SOAP at the time. and for, for Apache CXF users, it was obvious to me and for other CXF colleagues that we wanted give options to users, right? Because it was obvious that users would want to write from now on not only SOAP-based applications, but they would like to explore mm-hmm. um, uh, JAX-RS. So one of my colleagues um, from the China office, he started uh, the initial JAX-RS implementation uh, and um and uh, shortly afterwards i joined and from then on i started really quite heavily involved into this into whole project and when did I, when did i i think i might have joined JAXRS specification effort only after i uh Joined Red Hat for a brief period of time and returned to uh, Thailand to to kind of, to work full time on Apache CXF, RS. and at that point of time, I thought, as far as I recall, that was the first time when I joined the like formally the the, the specification effort.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, what I found revolutionary at the beginning that uh JAX-RS was designed to be servlet independent right or somehow servlet independent because you could inject you know the http servlet request but uh, actually it was meant to work without servlets right
1: yeah, and uh, a, a, a few of the implementation were servlets. <laughs> <That> was, yeah, <laughs> was, it was. was funny. Yeah, yeah.
0: At the beginning, it really leaked because what I saw, also know, everyone shipped it with the Jersey servlet. I think it was even hard coded in the first in the first releases. But mm-hmm. uh, but right now, it is actually true, right? So, Quarkus, uh, JAX-RS works without servlets, right?
1: Apache CXF, yeah, definitely works without servlets. Servlets would be just one of the integration points. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: Because if you think about this, servlets are not really needed, right? So we have to get the posts and this is uh, what server is doing is parsing, you know, the parameters. But if we have the information, you don't need, need servlet. You only need the information which is encoded in the request, right?
1: Yeah, suppose uh, like for some implementation, it was making sense uh, to create them as filters uh, just so that they had to support servlet communications at the same time for AGB or mm-hmm. something else. And uh, Apache CXF, it was, there's no problem like that. You just didn't have to worry about it. Yeah, but you
0: could use container request uh, container request filter, I think, in a container response yeah. filter, right? It was, yeah. Yeah,
1: it was uh, stuff like that, yeah. True. Okay,
0: so now uh, at the beginning with Jaxres, uh which authentication method we had available? So at the beginning with JAX-RS, you know, so was it something it was, like that? uh It
1: was HTTP uh, like basic authentication, I suppose, and uh, then there was Kerberos authentication, like rock solid, pretty authentication mechanism. But then, just about the same time, possibly, uh, uh, people were starting talking about open authentication, one nil, and uh, and uh, that's uh, where the whole new revolution started I suppose uh,
0: oh I was, uh, one zero is say right
1: yeah um, but there were some problems zero, with the eight. spec
0: right w- w- one o. so with the one oh there were some problems with the spec right so it's a severe problem I remember
1: uh, well it's probably depends on which camp you were in uh, like uh, uh, <laughs> at the time uh, I wasn't very deeply involved into into was one zero in particular but uh, it was the whole concept brought by the specification was revolutionary so uh, you don't have to it was it was paving paving the way for mainstreaming single sign on expensive single sign on just into the into the making it uh, going mainstream right and uh, the authorization entering the password was happening not at the website uh, you are about to access but at the provider's site, right? and, uh, and uh, this is where you enter your name and password or whatever authentication mechanism supported by a given uh, provider and then redirect back and I uh, thought that was, uh, was becoming increasingly popular and uh, this then led to Open Authentication 2 Nil mm-hmm. effort, uh, which I started following a bit more closely at the time. And, um, and uh, the as far as I recall, as far as I recall, the Open Authentication 1 nil author eventually decided to quit. Uh, but uh, Authentication 2 nil effort uh, remained and it in the end it succeeded. Right? It,
0: uh, mm-hmm. What I remember. There was a Java one. It was the uh, Monday. Was the community day, mm-hmm. and and the community day you had the possibility to talk to the engineers. So there was like you know there were tables and you could just join and had a chat informal chat. Alright.
1: All right.
0: Yeah, it was a nice day actually, and uh, it was really early. It was uh, I would say two thousand eight, two thousand five, or something like this, mm-hmm. and there was Open AM from Sun Microsystems. This um then um Open Access Manager, I think. And I had a chat with with the um, people of the server, and they already back then uh, talked about OAuth one, and uh, uh, that they would like to provide it. So this was actually interesting. And, and this OpenAIM is still around, still still uh, around. Actually, it is a commercial product. Sure. But but uh, the the OAuth early days, the and, and what I remember also very early, if I say you no, know, um, proprietary implementation in Java e application servers. I, I always you know wanted you know to, to move the implementation towards uh, OAuth because it was uh, a standard back then, but it's not not really well supported standard, right? It was there but it was not natively supported. And um, so and okay. So and now maybe so we have uh JAXRS and we have Quarkus and you are the uh, Quarkus committer and uh, you care about the security, right? So um we have now OAuth two, maybe. So this is the second No connect yeah.
1: Built on top of us. Yeah,
0: but maybe we should start with O O auth to zero. You you know the significant differences to O of one, or is it uh, too too far too far back? Uh,
1: no, o, 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 like <coughs> um, you know, to you have uh, a refresh token, right? The concept mm-hmm. of the refresh token introduced mm-hmm. an Open authentication, two. Right. Uh, other than that, I think the authentication two protocol is simpler. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, I I recall like uh, like with uh, over authentication, one nil, was like a significantly more sophisticated implementation requiring uh, to complete the authorization uh, flow. Right. Mm-hmm. The, the the flow. You have to. Uh, I thought it was depending. It you need to. You were you you were about to capture the signature of HTTP. Uh, Signature process calculation, as far as I recall, was including uh, uh, HTTP request method, uh, possible query parameters, and I thought it was somewhat brittle. Like, like mm-hmm. for example, the query parameters, uh, they, there was no con- uh, canalization process in place as well. And uh, I thought it... I just recall thinking it was sophisticated. Uh, uh, however... Uh, the, the, as far as also as far as call authentication, one-nil authors. This was uh, it was essential to capture the for the HTTP security to capture the precise kind of snapshot of the HTTP request, right? Yeah, like, session fixation. I'm just yeah. reading, right? Yeah, queries. Uh, what query parameters were there so that mm-hmm. nothing is changing the in the process? Uh, this is probably, but this itself was just beyond uh, the actual authentication uh, flow and I thought maybe this is where they diverged in authentication to you just implicitly authenticate the users right mm-hmm. like but what open they connect brought on top of this and now have a formal representation of the user authentication in the form of ID token yeah
0: right. exactly right. so for me the difference between OAuth 2 and open ID connectors that OAuth 2 just provides you a token which no one understands, and the OpenID Connect <laughs> provides you a JSON Web Token which can be decoded, right? So this is like the
1: not, no, not probably not uh, quite. So in Open, uh, in Open or authentication, two new Like uh, there is a no, there no, is no, there is no, non, uh, there is no se- uh, notion of uh, session as such. Session, right? you okay. just, Yeah, you just you just uh, go go somewhere, you authorize. And your application um, completes the authorization code flow by exchanging the code for tokens. And uh, and with OpenID Connect, you have ID token just capturing the fact that you have authenticated, right? So in Uh addition to access and refresh tokens, which you can get with OpenID Connect 2.0, OpenID Connect gives you ID token capturing the success of user authentication. And this user ID token has a time and you can build a session around the time of this token okay. on the website and things like that.
0: Beca- but uh, you could also do it with oos oh, too with the access token. But well, the, uh, yeah. Because, you know, if you have the ID, access token, it's kind of a session, right? Not, not a session, I mean, mm. it, I mean... No, no, no.
1: It, it, the, the, Sorry. The with access token, they about... When you well, the authentication tool is really about authorization, the main kind of concept. So the, you authenticate indirectly somewhere on the somewhere web, on some website, but access token gives the the website you're about to access the right to do something on your behalf. It's access token is not really about doing something on this website you're about to access, but you are giving the permission to this website do something on your behalf with mm-hmm. this access token. Forever? Some, for, not forever, for some time. The, the for some time, to, okay, access token is uh, time-scoped, yes. Yeah. This website can fetch some data for you, some print something for you. Uh, so, but ID token is really uh, in, like an instance of the fact you have syndicated into this actual
0: yeah. website but maybe you should uh, know cover know the, the terms because uh, what we have we have uh, the uh, the client and the client can be the, the usual about the client is that the client is an an app which uh, we would like to access right so if this were let's say the um, what we have let's say we have a J- JCP Java community process website we would like to authenticate this is the client yeah yeah
1: yeah, then we have like the it.
0: resource owner would be you or me, right? This is the end users, the resource owner,
1: right? Uh, well, the website. If if you talk about GCP, it's uh, it, it, this is in uh, OpenID Connect terms. It would be um, a so called confidential OpenID Connect client. Mm-hmm.
0: Confidential OpenID client, yeah. because it needs authentication in in OAuth would be, uh, it's not the IDP, it is called differently. How can the author call the server? It would be like the identity, um, because IDP implies OpenID Connect, and there is a more generic name, I think it is called like um, authentication server just, or authorization uh, server.
1: Yeah, possibly, and uh, also relying by, uh, parts and so on, but the uh, in, in, uh, site we are authenticating into, is a confidential OpenID client, and it's called confidential because it keeps the secrets, mm-hmm. representing uh, the OpenID Connect reg- registration privately. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's why it's called confidential. It can, it can, it can keep things like a refresh token, which is a very powerful token, privately. If uh, we are talking about single-page application, which authenticate users into uh, OpenID Connect provider, this is a public, this SPA acts as a public Mm -hmm. OpenID Connect client because it doesn't, can't keep the secrets securely anywhere like in Mm -hmm. uh, refresh tokens, for example.
0: Mm -hmm. we are just going with, is OAuth 2.0 usable without OpenID Connect in real world?
1: Yeah, yeah, we have uh, several uh, very well-known social providers like GitHub, uh, like... um, uh, like uh, S- uh, Spotify, I think there was to uh, Twitter, mm-hmm. totally was two providers. They just don't know what they Connect is. Like, but the difference between op- it's still authentication, right? We are still allowing letting users authenticated to GitHub, for example. But the the the, the f- 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 free works like uh, Quarkus, the authentication. Is implicit, right? Like the it, the only the user can uh, essentially verify that the token they're getting is valid because mm-hmm. um, no they just need to access some API mm-hmm. or Cortex uh, can do on behalf of them to access user info information on their behalf, um, and these access tokens are, are often binary in. OS2 vault, right? there is no JSON web token format, so you can't really verify them locally. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, for some tokens, notably coming from OS2 providers, you just have to verify them implicitly or, uh, by accessing some of the API from this provider mm-hmm. uh, services. You know.
0: Okay, so what it means is uh, you, you mentioned SPA and not SPA. SPA is not confidential or confidential clients. And what it basically means, I think in the confidential client, I could go to Quarkus. Quarkus yeah. will do the OpenID Connect flow and, pro- and provide back the token. And with the SPA, I would go directly to the IDP, get the JSON web token and come back to Quarkus, right?
1: Yeah, like with SPA, SPA itself has uh, some kind of script, uh, which mm-hmm. will redirect you to the Connect provider. And uh, this SPA will get the tokens, not Quarkus. And uh-huh. then SPA will use access token uh-huh. to access uh, corpus on behalf of the user. The same way, when we access corpus, the corpus will use access token on, ma- on our behalf to access something else. So this is the general concept brought by access tokens and uh, OS one and OS two. That's what uh, the revolutionary concept was, I think. Uh, Plus, of course, the the fact the password has to be entered so elsewhere, yeah, not but,
0: but we could actually distinguish between access tokens and ID token. That we could say the access token is more or less a reference to the identity, or I mean, it points to the you know to the data. And ID token already has the data, right? So the if we have JSON Web Token, it already contains the data encoded, right? So like scopes and the user data and so forth.
1: No, not not, not quite. Not sometimes. Uh, Bo- uh users actually uh, treat them interchangeably, but these are two conceptually different uh, tokens. So, as the token has a, uh, information about the user, indeed, and if there's not enough information about the user, or they connect provides a user info concept, so Quarkus uh, Quarkus will uh, get additional info.
0: Mm-hmm
1: from the open Day connect provider about the user
0: and what you but have to pa- pass to the to the user info endpoint you need a kind of a token to get the ID exactly
1: token. but but access token that's what it's about it's about a given endpoint fetching something on behalf of the user and access token using access token to access user info from from open Day connect provider is the real instance of this. you so just use access token to uh, when I'm authenticating into Google or to Kiklag, I'm giving my permission implicitly already that uh can use my access token mm-hmm. if needed to access my user information. This is like OpenID Connect scope, you know, and uh, in the token. But of course in the in, in the real world the access token can have more scopes like Mm -hmm. So it means I can pass
0: the access token back and forth, and then I get uh, authorized to, to access something. But what I can also do, I can have the access token, go to user info endpoint, and I get the ID token back with the scopes. And this is more like, almost like, you,
1: you, you won't get ID token back because ID token was returned once the association code flow was con, uh, completed. But uh, you can use this access token to fetch uh, user info which will contain information already included in ID token and more. Okay, And so you can then uh, propagate this access token to other downstream services uh, mm-hmm. to access some other things uh, needed by the application.
0: Okay. And uh, if we have the SPA uh, scenario um that uh, that the uh that the javascript front end just you know uh gets already the json web token we could actually use in quarkus just the MicroProfile jwt dependency there is no need for oidc right then
1: uh well well oidc uh, uh, Quarkus. Uh, well yeah well so uh oidc quarkus adc extension itself it uh, like it supports two flows right authorization code flow mm-hmm. Right, which is the user authentication. What we talk about, about right now, right? Uh, but SPA, like if SPA authenticates users, right, it gets ID token, access token, but then it will use access token to send it to Corcus as a barrier mm-hmm. HTTP token. So Corcus still needs to verify this uh, uh, token in order to allow the access uh, to its services. So, uh, so Corcus IDC extension can do this as well. Or, you're right that you don't have to use Quarkus uh, or ADC, but you can use, for example, in this case, SmallRide, JWC mm-hmm. extension, which, uh, which is just becoming uh, a question of period token verification. Right? And with, and with OpenAzio Connect, you typically use uh, local verification keys in uh, JVK format. Or you could, and this is a legacy from os to or you could use introspection endpoint of the OpenID Connect provider if it supports it. Mm-hmm. To send the token uh, over the back channel to, um, to, to to introspect the token. And this is probably the other important difference of OpenID Connect from OS2. In OS2, if you need to verify the token, you need to introspect it, right? You need to send it uh, to um to the provider, to us, to provide it, to verify it, to confirm it's valid, right? And with OpenSD Connect, you have a copy of the local keys, so you Mm -hmm. can do the verification Ah. uh, with the public keys locally, so you don't have to uh, send the token back and forth all the time, you know, just
0: to verify. So, so, OR2 means the introspection is the, the process of sending the token back to the to the server, to the uh, yeah. how to call it, the server to the or server, yeah, and yeah. the server says yes or, yes or no, and the OpenID Connect has more or less an offline uh, verification. Yeah, product. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the, you need the, a public key, you need a public key, and, and with the public key you can verify the uh, authenticity, yeah. authenticity. I think exactly it's called, yeah, yeah, of yeah. the of the token, right?
1: Yeah, but it's not totally offline when uh, yeah, when the token uh, key identifier. Cannot be matched. Uh, the cork, uh, the application will fetch, will try mm-hmm. to refresh just Web Talk, uh, the token keys mm-hmm. from the provider and see if it can find the matching key again. So the um, which the supports uh, yeah, which supports the key, recycling, uh, no,
0: key but, recycling. But I think the the the, uh, the verification with the keys also supported by small GWT and so microprofile GWT, right? So, because they have, you can specify the key, and it should work actually. And it yeah. could be also provided by OIDC, right?
1: Well, yeah, the yeah the small OIDC is in Quarkus If you are only dealing with uh, authenticating bearer uh, tokens, you can use either small OIDC or OIDC extension, right? Mm-hmm. Just OIDC extension is a little bit more involved. You can support both. You can support both. Uh, flows at the same time, you could have a so called a hi- hybrid mode where you could accept BA tokens mm-hmm. or you could uh, authenticate users using authorization code flow at the same time, you know, mm-hmm. like that.
0: Okay, so um, we could use both basically. So you could, yeah, use... yeah, yeah, yeah. And we also
1: have uh, one more extension dealing with the BR token authentication, it's called uh, Electron OS 2. It's, it's really, it's probably the most lightweight extension we have. Mm-hmm. But, it, it, yeah, but it can only do, it intrasp- can only introspect tokens remotely, I think. And, uh, but nonetheless, it's just one more option.
0: So basically what Quarkus can do right now with the OpenID connection is, opend Connect uh, extension is, either it can provide you the flow. So you go to Quarkus and it redirects you and provides you the tokens, or... It can verify already existing tokens, which uh, you exactly, would yeah. pr- probably need for uh, for SPA. And what I also understood is you could use actually the access tokens for machine to machine communication, right? So if you have two microservices without the user, mm-hmm. so you would rather use the access tokens and not JSON Web tokens, right? Uh,
1: well, no, 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 access token and JSON Web token. This is they are not uh, different terms, right? Yeah, access, it's just just a web token. Is a format. Yeah. JSON. it's it's, a, it's an encoded JSON but it's access token can be binary or like it's just like a database pointer really like a sequence of
0: yeah the database uh, pointer this is what I meant so you can yeah, you yeah. would use the database pointer format like uh, I'll call it like proxy or re- reference format or you can, you don't need you know, to have the JSON Web Token, which already carries the values. That's what I meant.
1: All right, yeah. So, yeah, so yeah, you're right. So, I, like, while ID token and access tokens are two different types of tokens, you're right, totally right, that uh, access token can be represented either as a JSON Web Token containing all this information inside of it or as a binary token. And specifically, as far as JSON Web Token is concerned, this is probably another invention of OpenSD Connect formalization. You know, uh, so the, the concept of JSON Web Token was uh, known before OpenSD Connect specification formal got it formalized. But JSON Web Token allows pushing scalability to the new levels uh, because OpenSD Connect providers can put the information like sessions related information into the IZ token. Mm-hmm. Instead of keeping all of this in your own database, you mm-hmm. That someone else keep it, uh, like a, a cookies somewhere. Or...
0: Yeah, it is like caching, right? You don't have yeah. to access, you know, the store all, all the time because the the entire information yeah. is, is passed back and forth.
1: Yeah, and uh, it's in the, it's in, uh, if it's just on web token, it's secured, right? It's signed. If it's, it can be actually encrypted as well and uh, you don't have to keep all the information inside the token, inside your own databases. It's, uh, uh just like the 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 storage, all the web stores this, you know, and um, and uh, it supports supports scalability to massive levels.
0: No, nothing lost. So we can co- co- we can uh, actually just proceed with the conversation. So the yeah. question: um, the access token are the two names for an access token which has the data and access token which points to the data? No,
1: no, not really. No, so access token.
0: This is a pity, right? Because it's a huge. Ad- I mean, because ID token is like value, and the access token can be value or a pointer, right?
1: Uh, well, the, the, the reason uh, for I think the, for ID token always been in JSON Web Token format. That it just has to be used by the website, right? It has to be verified locally. It has to be efficiently processed, uh, verified locally, and uh, access token. I suppose the reason when access token was was uh, uh, introduced by OS two specifications there was no idea of presenting this uh, into some web token format but even today uh, many providers keep presenting access web token is binary in binary format for possibly for efficiency reasons because uh, the, the the website which the user is, is getting authenticated to, doesn't need access token to deal with the user authentication. It only needs access uh-huh. token to do something on behalf of the user. So uh-huh. the as far as the content of the access token is concerned, uh, it's like a, a, a pack tokens for all purposes uh, for a game website. So, so the,
0: Okay, the opaque token. This is this is the term from the spec. This is what they are saying, right? Yeah, the opaque yeah. token is like token without meaning. Yeah, opaque
1: token. Uh, the format of it is <laughs> is no is of no interest to the website, and, and this is why providers prefer to use many of them for efficiency reasons. They just prefer to use uh, uh, binary, rep- well, opaque representations, short binary yeah. sequences. Uh, Instead of just some up tokens, which are fairly large you know, due to the claims mm-hmm. and signatures and stuff.
0: But the opaque usually means pointer, right? Yeah. It could be encoded, yeah. but it, it isn't. Because if you, if you provide an opaque token, usually it would mean it would be another something like ID token, but in proprietary format. And usually it wouldn't be accepted because the question is why... You have a token with the value, which is not JSON Web Token, right? So opaque usually means pointer. Yeah,
1: I suppose from from the implementation point of view, it is it is a point. Yeah, Points.
0: Very good. So uh, that, that's actually great. So um, we covered. There are three flows, but two are actually only used in practice, right? In OpenID Connect, the code flow we discussed. What 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 else we have? We have the implicit uh, flow, no, right? No, we
1: don't do implicit flow and corpus. So we do.
0: But there is in all auth, in all auth there is yeah, implicit flow, right? These right. days
1: it's deprecated, uh, I believe. Yes. Deprecated, so, okay. Um, but in any way, implicit flow is is for SPA only, right? So uh, even but even because with was implicit flow, the the. the um, so as the call tokens are returned directly in the fragment or something like that, and uh, it's not considered mm-hmm. not considered to be safe. <laughs> and uh, and uh, yeah, so the two clo- flows we are focusing on and focus on is uh, association code flow and uh, to authenticate users directly or be a token authentication right, and uh, this is where.
0: So you have code flow and bearer bear authentication. Yeah. They are yeah, the yeah. two. Mm-hmm. And authenticating using directly would be like the basic authentication with HTTP, right? This is what I mean. What do you mean? Or is it without ID uh, Connect? Yeah, like we have several other
1: authentication mechanisms like basic authentication. We have the legacy form authentication. We have web authentication. Uh, the web authentication mm-hmm. by one of my colleagues, uh, Steph. Uh, which is leading to the whole kind of pass keys uh, area and so on.
0: Exactly. So, um, interesting. So, we have, uh, so Corcus has multiple security providers. The most, I would say, uh, powerful one maybe is OpenID Connect, right? There's a lightweight variant, small JWT and Electron security. This is the, 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 the lightweight, most uh, simple mm-hmm. and...
1: Uh, yeah, yeah we, uh, we recommend OpenID Connect because single sign-on, like essential in any major production and uh, or even be a token authentication and this is why we recommend open as connect or mm-hmm. if you can't use a small iJWT jwt uh to use them for your security but indeed other options mm-hmm. available and basic authentication and secure networks is a very reasonable simple approach uh, mm-hmm.
0: What you only have to cover is the the contents of JSON Web Token, because, uh, very briefly, because what's inside is the scopes, and scopes are more like roles, I would almost say, right? Or or no roles is my capabilities, but usually you could map them to roles, right? Well, yeah, JSON Web Token, uh,
1: technically, it has uh, the headers representing uh, information how the token was secured, for example, and uh, how the sequence has been created and key identification. And uh, then Mm -hmm. the the the, the, the actual content is typically is typically uh, claims, right? And um, and scope is one of those claims, and uh, and it's kind of tricky. Scope uh, may not necessarily can be used as a role, but it can be used Mm -hmm. more like a permission. So, so, for example, role is admin, right, and permission is read or write. Yeah. So it's kind of different. And yeah. we, uh, my colleagues, uh, have uh, implement both permissions and role-based access control. So it works.
0: What? Uh, what do you mean? Implement both? Yeah, you could use. Because in yeah. scope is just, just, just. So the scopes like a hash map. There's a key values, right? It's just information. And and the question is how the information is mapped to to something Quarkus understands. Yes,
1: exactly. So uh, there there can be role-based access control. Uh, Like this method can be be allowed to be accessed only by admin, for example, or user and so on. Or it could be permission-based control. So uh, like if the token has uh, a security identity in general, has a permission to write or read, uh, that can then the access the, the the request can go ahead so yeah that would be and scopes would be uh, probably closer to the permission based control mm-hmm. as opposed to the role based control though users if they want they can map scopes to roles in in prophecy. so they can say that ro-
0: but the permission would be like file colon read or something like yeah or some whatever uh,
1: uh, uh, whatever whatever custom permission there is, yeah. mm-hmm.
0: and and you have to configure the OIDC extension to to say what you would like to have role or permission. Or There's no difference.
1: Uh, well, it depends on what the application wants. If uh, so, for example, uh, like most uh, providers, they probably can do scopes by default, right? Because it's a scope is a well known concept and os two and OpenID connect world and. Uh, and scopes would be probably good for the incremental authorization idea driven by companies like Google and so on. So like you go to the website and you don't buy a uh, kitchen thing immediately. So you go onto the website and then and then, uh, bit by bit you add permissions to access, uh, you approve permissions mm-hmm. to access uh, different parts of the website and so on. Uh, but, uh, But roles they can be pre-configured uh, in advance in the provider. And uh, it's really like a more coarse-grained access control, really, like with roles. It's about admin.
0: But how you see this in source code, what I'm asking? Because uh scopes, I see you could use roles allowed annotation or or there's directly mapped to Java concept, but uh, or, or micro-profile concept or Quarkus concept. But what's about permissions? Do you have a permission annotation or how you yes. map the permissions to permissions? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, you're right. So uh, we have... Uh, Permission allowed annotation instead of roles-allowed. So it's called permis- permission ah, allowed This was the yeah, question yeah, so asked. Uh-huh. And, uh, and then security, identity, augmentation can map the current identity to... can prove that the current identity has certain uh, permissions, but uh, uh, including scopes. We haven't automated yet, just made an automatic mapping of scopes to permissions, but uh, it can be done the mm-hmm. uh, augmentation layer if i use the settings
0: mm-hmm. and okay and and the permissions are focus annotations are you planning to you know, to put this in microprofile, whatever spec
1: what kind of spec even would it be it would be it would be a microprofile profile uh, GDWC, for example because it's more like uh, you know micro microprofile permissions, yeah, like right? permissions and specification process is hard you know but so i think yeah but you like it right uh, well <laughs> i I used to like it more when I was younger. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um okay, go, got it. So but um but I think really in micro profile uh, Permission spec, a lightweight permission spec is missing, right? This would be nice because uh, the uh, or or the Jaka- Jakarta E uh, security could extend be extended with permission concepts. One of both, because it doesn't matter for me. Mm-hmm. Microprofile and Jakarta e are interchangeable.
1: Well, yeah, it's a good idea. I, I just I will, I'm not 100 sure if they don't have yet something related to the permission concept in in in, in, uh, in Jakarta. This mm-hmm. like uh, this uh, they have, like Java provide the whole permission. Uh, Thing, but uh, they don't have this permission allowed kind of annotation mm-hmm. yes,
0: exactly what I also wanted to know how important is actually the standard so if you implemented something corpus with security uh, Do uh, you try not to do microprofile or Jakarta E first or say okay we just you know, do whatever is necessary and then see how it's put to standard so you know how to deal with how you're dealing with microprofile and Jakarta e. I think uh, like the
1: uh, it's the, the over the what's like in the modern software development I think uh, and it's probably uh, implementation like spring in particular have proved that you don't have to implement specification in order to succeed right and mm-hmm. uh, well at the same time it's we also understand that uh, it's important to, for customers for users to be set up that can, that cannot won't be locked at a certain level mm-hmm. to software mm-hmm. and uh, to a given provider. And uh, this is what the value of the standard is. Is But uh, I think the, the times where it was only standards and nothing else has gone, you know, because... We, yeah, this yeah, is true. Just,
0: but yeah. but I, can I give you feedback from my project with larger clients? For instance, um, we, we use Quarkus because Quarkus implements MicroProfile. Yeah. And this is, uh, and we try to restrict, you know, whatever we are using to microprofile, because there is no need to be depending on Corcus extensions directly. And uh, why not? Because if you think about this, there are hundreds of Corcus extensions, you know, and and uh, because there are hundreds, this is a uh, no matter of time. Then so- some of them will be deprecated or die. This is just it has to happen. You cannot have more and more extensions without you no know, deprecating the old one. But if you, if you. Code against microprofile, and microprofile is used in Open Liberty and others, Glassfish and Payara, and so forth. So the chances are no lower that they will disappear. So I would say you know supporting standards is really smart. Yes, of course. Instance, I realize Micronaut, this is a competitor of Quarkus, but I don't use it a lot because it, it doesn't support lots of microprofile uh, standards. And I really don't like to learn proprietary stuff just in order to use it. So um, I would say, if I know it, why I should learn those strange things? So this is um, what I just feedback from from the field that some larger clients, or not even larger, some clients just really care about the standards Absolutely. because they. They're, so this is. They, but you you have to be innovative so you can you know push forward, but I think then it's time to contribute back to the to the spec. This would be the perfect the perfect case, I
1: right? support, yeah it's 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 a good point right so the standards the value of standards is that customers can be assured that uh, they can write mm-hmm. code which can be ported across multiple stacks if yes. yeah
0: i say always know le- learn once and develop everywhere so this is my, my thing you know i just learn the yeah. standard once and i don't care which servers i can just apply my knowledge yeah. to everywhere which is really valuable th- and people yeah um like-minded, like me, there are some developers who also had you know, similar thinking. So.
1: Yeah, it's just the conflict uh, in today's software development world is that uh, the start specification process is slow, is slow and uh, projects would like to fly fast, really fast. And it's really... Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, that's where the conflict is. Like the People just like to write things quickly and put it to the... Um, Community and uh, make them happy, you know, without waiting for a year. But, but
0: but you know, with but with your experience, I think you can you can provide very quickly more or less stable minimal standard. This is what I'm talking about. It doesn't have to be complete, but at least you know have start with one annotation. Why not? You know, permission permission allowed or whatever. And uh, and uh, I think with microprofile it can be very or Jakarta E just it can be really fast and pragmatic. And actually. Um, I don't know if they remember the JSR330, I think, the Rod Johnson of Spring, mm. they contributed and pushed forward the standard in six weeks. Oh, so it was like, you know, <laughs> the, 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 the entire dependency, yeah, it was like a hack, but it worked back then. And the, the ad inject standards, the injection. So um, just as feedback to the to general, be careful because if you mm. just, you know, pushing uh, new stuff, in one point of time, I say, okay, why I should use the Quarkus? I, so I mean, if uh, I go to pick p- Because, uh, really, the huge huge selling point of Quarkus right now is, I'm in migration projects from Payara and Whitefell, whatever, and I I say, okay, go to Quarkus because the code is compatible. But if you push too far, I would say, okay, then why not to take Micronaut, right? Because we have in both cases. the same... same We have, like, an expert
1: team who are actually active developers as well and uh, and, uh, where we really actively and whatever yeah. activities are there in micro profile right now and uh, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, i think uh, like we are talking and discussing things and uh, we are not just my understanding we are not going anywhere as far as standard participation is concerned yeah but, no, no, but, uh, but I, uh, yes. you have a good point that uh, try to be more proactive i guess I mean, it's uh, that's uh we we'll try and
0: also, I like Jersey, you know, was Jersey first or JAXA RS. there's nothing against the implementation first and then standardize it because it's really boring to work with spec first. This is what I hated. But you, you could actually think about the spec, you know, write the implementation and then abstract it out to the spec. And this worked beautifully, I would say. So this is why I'm yeah, asking. This is, this is, yeah, we this is important. a very good point. Very cool. So now um, I asked you the last time uh, about pass keys. Okay. You know, this is the new standard with... Uh, From uh, proposed by Apple and Google, my understanding is um, this is more like SSH more or less, right? So, there's like the key is stored in in a secure enclave and synchronized across devices and this is how you access the page. So, um, do you know what it is and and will it be supported by Quarkus in one point of time? So, so
1: this is uh, a very interesting point and I'm actually thinking about it, about what would be the next big thing, right? And uh, I think this is a big thing. But it won't be yeah. the very next big thing. So this is the ne- this is a very big thing in the as far as pa- as far as uh, passwordless authentication is concerned. And you're right, it's like it's it's a really big thing. And uh, and uh, and um, and uh, yeah, like you said, the, the the website will keep the the, the uh, you register your device, and website will keep the public keys, and you authenticate anywhere with one even more devices with the case of pass keys uh, mm-hmm. without needing to know any password to remember it, you know, th- this is really streamlines mm-hmm. and makes things more secure. So this is very mm-hmm. important thing, right? And like I said, we support web authentication, right, which is uh, with web authentication apparently you're tied to a single device, but nonetheless the concept is the same, right? So you, 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 mm-hmm. it's a passwordless authentication. But I think what is important is that uh, I believe all of this will be happening at the open as the connect provider side. right so, While we support direct uh, web authentication in Quarkus, I think uh, most providers, even like Keycloak for example, they just when you about to authenticate the open as the connect provider, username password is only one of the mechanisms. So they will offer you an option if you want. Would you like to use web authentication? And if you want, you will be re- asked to register your device and stuff. And, and so on with passkeys. So I think Unity, one of the OpenSD they connect providers, I think they support Apple passkeys already the, at their side. So uh-huh. the, the point is that as far as uh, framework like Worksets concerned, we would like to uh, sophisticated, uh, focused providers, such as OpenSD Connect provider to deal with all of the complexities of this. Right, but the next okay. big thing will be verifiable credentials. Believe me, it's verifiable. Mm-hmm. Verifiable okay. credentials is the next big thing. It's about proving your credentials, your driving license, your age limits, whatever else, electronically. This is the next big thing, mm-hmm. and. Um, and there's it already, it's a web, worldwide web specification. And, uh, and, uh, and there's also, there's already a JSON uh, web proof and a spec- set of specification building on top of JSON web token and stuff like this. It's, it's going to be big. So the idea is that you, for example, let's say you imagine you are about to access Quarkus, and Quarkus uh, includes a scope um mm-hmm. when uh, redirecting back to open as connect uh, provide your credentials you go into the open as connect website, <laughs> you authenticate as usual and then <clears throat> open as connect provider ask you what type of credentials do you want to uh, include in your token and it will be not JSON web token it will be JSON proof token for example, just new type of token and uh-huh. And uh, you will select from the list, uh, you'll be offered a choice of verifiable credentials, such as I'm older than 21 years old, for example. I'm having a driving license, I'm allowed to fly a helicopter, for example, things like this, right? And, uh, <coughs> and uh, you're redirected back to Quarkus. And now um, Quarkus can verify. So, for example, let's say a health executive is built on top of Quarkus and that can verify that you are older than 21 and then you can do certain things while accessing uh, without, so you don't have to present this proof like as a document uh, physical document it's all electronically verified and proved selectively exposed in uh, the December proof token and this is going to be the big thing but it will take probably another few years uh, for it to go Uh mainstream really
0: but it's going to be amazing do you do you know andrew lee rubinger
1: i think so i think he, he did the, the, the uh, just saw on the canonicalization spec
0: no? he did uh he was um one of the evangelists on whitefly and he also did uh, CDI, on cdi oh no that's uh, I, did, I did good so
1: i, I thought about but,
0: but he worked on Red Hat uh, for Red Hat. And now he works for TBD, and I already had it on, on, on the show. And he worked for Decentralized Web. Can
1: you share the name please in the chat?
0: Uh, yes. Uh, this is the name is Andrew Lee Rubinger. Oh, right,
1: okay. so, uh, but, uh, it just, there's another surname which kind of rings a bell, but about the JSON canonicalization.
0: Maybe he also did it. And by the way, did you there is any way to canonicalize JSON with Quarkus or Quarkus extension?
1: Uh, No, but yeah, there is a specification and there is a library, I think, which allows the this. but... uh, Which library are you using? We don't do it. Uh, I just, uh, like I know there's a spec effort which Mm -hmm. has been done, uh, JSON canonicalization, which uh, can do it. And there's a library to support that spec. I just haven't used it.
0: And the, and the uh, company he's working for is called TBD. And this TBD is like social link data and uh, from, from the solid. And this TBD is like a blockchain. And they I think they are using exactly this for Finance World, you know, to um, to have um, this tbd.website is the name. And if you search, go to EXFM, you will find thinking about decentralized web with Andrew Lee Rubinger, uh, a nice guy. And he worked on Archeleon testing and shrink wrap. So he was, you know, the uh, Archeleon t- testing All guy. Right. The, um, ex- exactly. And also on dependence injection. And, um, so, um, he's already working on it. And, uh, and, uh, he's, uh, the, the TBD is, um, a company from how it's called? Block, I think, is the new name of the company, and back then it was called differently. It was, uh, it is a payment provider. This, and, uh, this um, might
1: be more related to blockchain,
0: uh, kind of. It is almost like a yeah. It is a it's a kind of blockchain, but uh, but the outcome is the same. So what, what it uh, they try the decentralized identity, which is a standard in a blockchain, which is um, maybe the backbone of this. What you said for the front. Yeah, network, it might right? have so,
1: a... uh, so the verifiable credential concept. it's uh, the specification is created based on the like on the practical application doing things and uh, and uh, you're right it might have been one of the inputs into the specification.
0: Yeah, cool. So what's uh, what are the new security features you are working on, Corpus? Is it something new or just to you know, make everything more stable? And, yeah, we are, uh, we are
1: always we are very busy in Corpus like in related to various security questions an OpenID Connect would probably the busiest uh, extension security-wise. Mm-hmm. But uh, as far as the new security thing is concerned, this is a little bit stalled at the moment, but uh, 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 yeah, we would, like, we would like to support like inclusive authentication, which means that more than one authentication should happen at the same time. So, for example, okay. if you use mutual TLS and you, you also mm-hmm. authenticate users, over mutual TLS. So it's would uh-huh. be mutual tel- uh, uh-huh. authentic- inclusive authentication. Both mutual MTLS verification has to pass and uh, username, password authentication has to pass. Uh, uh-huh. And I uh, would like to make it much more simpler to support multiple tenants in OpenSD Connect. Mm-hmm. So for example, if, if you uh, authenticate users into corcus using Twitter, GitHub, and OpenSD Connect uh, and uh, Google, how do you uh, distinguish between which configuration should deal with the current request right so we have so for uh, Mm -hmm. and uh, we have uh, corpus support static and dynamic configuration but uh, we're focusing also on the convention based configuration where you don't even need to provide any dynamic resolution of whether it should be google or tenant or twitter or or github authentication it's just based on the convention that for example Mm -hmm. when you authenticate the name of the provider is the last path segment in the request URL. Uh-huh. Would be, for example, login forward slash Google, login forward slash Twitter, think like And if you follow the convention, Corpus will select the correct configuration for you to drive the authentication uh-huh. process. Things like this. Simpli- simplify, Stabilizing, simplifying and thinking mm-hmm. uh, about uh, doing new things, like inclusive uh, authentication. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, cert- certificate er- renewal as well, automatic certificate renewal. We're working with the uh, with experts uh, from uh, Valfly uh, who are going to help out. So, a lot is going to happen.
0: Yeah. Uh, certificate renewal is really important yeah, yeah, yeah. because, I mean, this is really painful. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you mean the SSL certificate renewal, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Or-
1: so that's something we would like to explore further. Automatically.
0: Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Perfect. So, um, where people can find you on the internet? Uh,
1: yeah. They, they can find me at uh, Sberiosken uh, Twitter tag. And I'm hoping to do many more tweets going forward. Um, I used to blog a lot, uh, but uh, these days I don't. You know, just, uh, I used to have a blog using about web services.
0: Okay. It was running
1: for a long time and yeah, but, uh, it's kind of gone quiet for the last few years. So.
0: Okay. So it was a pleasure. So we learned about OpenID Connect and uh, Passkeys and the future. and Corpus. Thanks very much,
1: Adam, for inviting me again. Man. Thank Cheers.
0: you.